hit the ground running with the most revolutionary personal training program ever developed. The National Academy of Sports Medicine makes it quick, easy, and affordable to learn on the go only at NASM.org. Click the link in the show description or call 1-800-460-6276 to become an NASM certified personal trainer today. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit, powered by the National Academy of Sports Medicine. You have me here, Ken Miller, with my beautiful, smart, witty, charming friend, Miss Wendy Batts. How are you, Wendy? I am fantastic. Thanks for the intro, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Happy New Year. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, uh, one of my resolutions is speak the truth. So I think I just did when it comes to, you know, naming a few of the attributes that you offer this world. So, Wendy, always good seeing you. And yes, 2021 is here. And um, we're going to start off with an awesome topic, which is, I'm sure, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, it is something that comes up, you know, when it comes to changing your body, um, making improvements in your physicality. We're talking about the gun show. We're talking, uh, not much there these days, but we are talking <laughs> about being uh, what they call armed and dangerous when it comes to what's going on with what extends out from your rib cage and dangles from your side. So when we talk about the arms, right, we're talking about the biceps and the triceps as far as, you know, what people try to work on, you know, when... You know, when I talk to, you know, some clients and they say, you know, what do you want to improve? You know, that once one of the things that they'll do is they'll stick their arm out and they'll say, I want to, I want to take care of this, this guy, this, this, this little piece of baggage is hanging out from under my arm here. This is what I want to get rid of. Or with especially a lot of younger guys, that's when they'll go, hey, I want to build that peak. I want to, I want to build up some mass. I want to get, uh, you know, that that short sleeve or that cut off sleeve uh, shirt working for me by getting some bigger guns. So that's my experience when it comes to when people talk about, OK, what do I need to do to get better arms? So, Wendy, what's what, <laughs> what are some of the things that you'll hear? I mean, I get this a lot. I mean, as far as what people do, they'll do that. They'll even shake it around a little bit. And you're like, oh, absolutely. That's one of my uh, personal fears myself <laughs> as I get older. It's like, you know, I don't want to wave one way and have my tricep wave the other. You know, like I want everything to work together. <laughs> and, um, you know, like if I straighten my arm, you know how it looks like the horseshoe. And so you always I hear that often. I want the horseshoe mm-hmm. in the back and the, and the big peak and bicep, uh, you know, definition on the front. And, you know, I think one of the things that as a trainer, it's important for people to understand that when you're doing any kind of flexion and extension, and I know we're going to go into a lot of detail of what this all means, that you're actually going to be working those particular complexes. Because again, that's what flexes and extends your elbow. Um, but it's totally different than when we talk about other muscles in the body, such as the core, because of obviously how things are interconnected. But I think hopefully throughout this podcast, we'll talk about the importance 
uh, the shoulder complex being in perfect alignment. How can you get that peak? Or is that just, are people saying that? Can you get the peak? We're going to talk about that. So I'm super excited. Uh -huh. And then we're going to go over some, you know, I think risk factors. And we've talked about, you know, we'll talk about how you can gain muscle and how you can kind of build the particular look and physique that people really, really want to have. But of course there are some factors such as genetics that are going to play a big, big role in that. But I think going over some risk versus reward um, type exercises too, and things to think about when you're at the gym, if you really want to work at the arms, um, how do you get the most bang for your buck? So I'm super excited right. about this, uh, this particular podcast and, uh, yeah, want to, do you want to lead us into uh, basically what the what do the biceps and the triceps do, Ken? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people think. I mean, and well, you know, if you've had a basic anatomy class and you understand how anatomy works, especially with the biceps and the triceps, we we, you know, when somebody says, "Hey, I want to work the biceps," they usually flex their elbows, so they'll they'll bring their fist right up to their shoulder, or when they talk about their triceps, they'll straighten out their arm. But the thing about the basic and most basic, you know, way to understand how the biceps and the triceps works is that, yeah, they do cross the elbow and they are responsible for flexing and extending, as you said, Wendy. But the other thing that people forget is that they do cross the shoulder. So there's a big integration um, of the bicep and the tricep as far as how the shoulder functions. So when we talk about, you know, one end, doing this, right? The one end of the bicep and the one end of the tricep, flexing, extending at the elbow. We also have to look at the fact that they cross the shoulder. They also flex the shoulder and then they extend the shoulder as well. But because of how it's connected, you can look at the, you know, you can look at it from the vantage point that they do a lot more to help stabilize the shoulder more than anything mm -hmm. else. So, so it's not, I mean, we're not talking about you know, although when people flex their, their arms and extend their arms, they show the biceps and the tricep, they are big, bulky muscles. But when it comes to how it affects the shoulder, it might have a more, you can look at it as having more of a stabilizing role as far as how many, you know, all the, all the muscles that do cross into and over both up as well as down the shoulder. So we, now we can, we can lump it into, you know, what it does along with the shoulder so your deltoid your front middle posterior deltoid as well as the rotator cuff and then we have to look at other other muscles that cross over the shoulder you have your pecs your pectoralis major that crosses over and your lats you know to name mm -hmm. just the, the the basic fundamentals muscles that cross over the shoulder so there's a lot of zigging and zagging and overlapping of muscles when it comes to the shoulder joint and the biceps and the triceps are a big, 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 big part of that. But we we don't think of them that way. And that's and that's part of the problem when it comes to looking at how we can use or how we can challenge the biceps and the triceps. Absolutely. And I think, you know, not to, to kind of piggyback off of what mm -hmm. you said, uh, not only just looking at the shoulder, we also have to think about the forearms too, because mm -hmm. uh, again, there are certain muscles that where they are, you know, where they, um, the origin and insertion of those muscles and what they assist with. So for example, you've got your pronated, pronator teres or teres, which, you know, assists with elbow flexion. So obviously when we're doing specific exercises or the brachioradialis, which is another muscle that helps 
um, you know, with certain exercises when we're dealing with elbow flexion and working in particular the, the biceps, um, you know, if you go to the, the gym and you see someone and they've got their hands and, you know, we talk about supination and pronation and supination is basically think if you're holding a, a soup in your hands and so you're cupping your hands forward, that's supination. And if you throw the soup out, that's pronation. So hands down towards the floor, pronation, uh, hands facing the ceiling would be supination. And so if you want full contraction of your biceps and you really want to get the most out of working that particular complex, because again, you've got to think biceps means two particular muscles. You want to supinate your hands, flex your elbow, and then slightly flex your shoulder. And if you do that, you're really going to get the biggest contraction of your biceps. And then you do the complete opposite working the triceps. So, you know, when we start thinking about some of the exercise selections that I know we're going to talk about as we move forward, you know, you really want to keep that in mind is what do the biceps do and what do the triceps do? And like you said, you know, because of the the way that it it interacts with, like I said, the forearm muscles as well as the shoulder, if we're talking about you know, doing elbow flexion and slight shoulder flexion. Again, we're focusing primarily on the biceps. And if we're going into obviously elbow extension, so you're straightening your elbow and then bringing it back, um, that's obviously focusing on the tricep complex. Um, you know, you, you want to think one of the primary shoulder extenders too, when you're thinking about triceps would be the long head of the triceps. And so the long head of that particular muscle, you know, if you don't go into slight shoulder extension, then, you know, are you really working it to its full potential? They work together, but, you know, if you want to maximize contraction, go with slight extension, not a lot, but again, because it actually helps with that. You, you just want to kind of think about what do the muscles do and how can you, like I said, fully, fully contract them if that's what you're trying to work out at the gym. If you want right. to get that horseshoe, you got to work on it. <laughs> get, yeah. Or get smaller horses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get a pony. <laughs> yeah, get a pony. So you know, because we're talking, and I know some of you who maybe have taken anatomy or biology, um, you know, we're talking flexion, extension, shoulder, elbow. You know, and you're kind of. I can imagine you guys listening right now. You're you're looking up at the sky. You're kind of moving your arm around and trying to get into that. And you know, the the way I tell trainers uh, when you know when we're teaching workshops is you know. The only way to really get a good feel and therefore get a better understanding of how, you know, the full extent of what the biceps does and then what the triceps does and how it works with the surrounding muscle group, you know, in addition to what you talked about, Wendy, with, you know, changing hand position and, and grip position, you're, you have a different recruitment, of, especially of those mu muscles that, that do cross over the elbow and are responsible for pronation and supination. It's just to do it in the gym, you know, try, try a different exercise, especially when we get into exercise selection later on. And, and and kind of feel and, and really get into you know get into your body and really feel what 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 areas you feel burning more than others you know for lack of a better word but um you know trying different exercises trying flexion and extension from different shoulder positions and then you'll get a really good um understanding of what areas are going to get recruited more when it comes to you know what side of the biceps or what side or like you're talking about wendy with the horseshoe um you know what's being recruited so you know just try it just do it because i'm here i'm listening to you wendy and i'm going shoulder infection and you know, i'm just <laughs> running through my head i was like oh yeah okay all right and, you know so if, if if you have any um questions on what it is you know the best you know and i tell every trainer this is just you know just do it you know, 
know, just get a mm-hmm. feel for it, you know, do a few sets and of one position and then the next workout, get a few sets of a different position or a different modality and get a, get a better feel for it that way. Cause that's the only way you're really going to truly um, embrace or understand what we're talking about here as far as how the buys and the tries work. Absolutely. And I think another point to bring up would be think about your elbow itself and your elbow is a hinge joint. So if you think about a door and you think about how your door sits on a hinge, I mean, that's important, right? Because basically it opens and closes the door. And so when we keep talking about, you know, trying to make sure you're in a good alignment and why the shoulders being in good placement, because again, very often people have rounded shoulders and a forward head. And we talk about common compensations. We want to try to get people in really good alignment by bringing their chin back, their shoulders back, really working on upright posture. You remember back in the day when your mom's like, sit up straight. And you're like, oh, my goodness, every day. But there's a there's a reason for that. It's because obviously, you know, our shoulder would be seated the correct way and the, the shoulder capsule the way that it was intended to be versus being round, hunched over, forward and locking everything down. And so if you think about, again, your shoulder is supposed to be able to to move um, in all different directions, you know, it's got this degrees of freedom that allows us to move up, down, side, you know, rotation. And, and because of the ball and socket, that's what allows that type of movement. But on a hinge, when you're thinking about basically the door, it's very important to think about your angle of how you're performing some of these exercises. And I think that's when we can bring up a very important Um, part that people don't often discuss, which is the natural carrying angle. And I think I wanted to to stress that too, before we start talking about different exercises, because I've heard multiple people come to me that they want their arms to look a certain way and they've gone to the gym, but they often feel this ache and pain in their elbow. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, where? And so they're like, oh, I think I've got tennis elbow or golfer's elbow. And I'm like, well, did you go and, you know, hit 18, you know, like, did you play 18 holes or did you play, you know, a really a tough round, you know, were you in a tournament or anything playing tennis? And they're like, no, I went to the gym and I was working on my, my biceps. And all of a sudden I feel this aching and I Googled it. And because of where it's located, they called it tennis elbow. So that's what I have. And when you ask them what they did, I think, you know, just to kind of take two steps back, when we talk about the natural carrying angle, if you're standing with your feet pointed straight ahead, you're, you know, you're just standing up, shoulders are back, your head's in a good position, and you drop your hands down to their side, and you have your palms facing out. However, your elbows and your hands are lined up, and then you bend your elbows from that particular place. So let's say your arms are straight, and you just bring them up like you're doing basically a bicep curl. Are they positioned straight ahead or are they slightly out to the side? And many people are going to be out to the side. And so what that is, is if I go up and down, that's my natural carrying angle. That's where my hinge feels the best when I flex and extend my elbow, which takes the pressure and compression off of that joint, which is going to decrease pain and decrease irritation specifically to the tendons where people talk about tendonitis and stuff like that. Um, You know, if you, if you really work your elbow um, in the way that it was intended to work, you're going to have a better workout and you're also going to decrease stress to those joints. Because again, if I'm out to the side slightly and then you can, my trainer, give me a straight bar 
and I start doing bicep curls, I'm putting that hinge in a position that it doesn't feel the most comfortable in or the most natural. So it's almost, again, if we think about the door hinge, if it's not seated the right way and I slightly angle it and then try to do it, you still would be able to open and close it. But over time, it's going to have some wear and tear where it's not in it's not functioning the way that it was intended to. So just something to think about as well. If you've ever had elbow pain doing biceps and triceps, think about the joint and, and your natural carrying angle when you're working out. And that can really take away some pain and issues that you have um, when you're at the gym working those particular muscle groups. Yeah, that, that I love that hinge analogy, you know, especially if you talk about a door hinge, whether it's a regular door, mm -hmm. door to a room or a car door hinge, you know, one of the things that you can also say is that, hey, just imagine now if you're on your, your car doors open and you hold on and you're riding on that car door and now open and close that car door. Right. What's going to happen to that hinge? Right. <laughs> that, that, that door is not going to sound good. It's not going to look good. It's not going to feel good. So when you load when you load any joint inappropriately that's what you're doing. And especially, you know, you could take, you know, and another example of a hinge is a hinge joint example of that is the knee. So mm -hmm. now you take that carrying angle, you know, you carry your hands in a little too far, too far close, you know, too close or too far out. Now that, that hinge as, as I like, you did that thing right there um, <laughs> to where <laughs> it's one way or the other. Now it, Imagine your knee doing the same thing. It's not that much different. I mean, all joints are meant to move in all three planes of motion. However, mm -hmm. there is a dominant plane that they do move in, especially with the elbow. And as I brought up with the knee, it's primarily flexion and extension. It will rotate. You will have a um, little adduction, abduction. But it has a, it has a plane of motion that it, it moves more comfortably in compared to the shoulder, which now we with the shoulder, you can move all, all over the place, but because of how the bones are meeting, that's where gonna, they're gonna, they have, a, they have a way of moving that they prefer. And sometimes you just have to work where, where, oh, where, say that 10 times fast, work <laughs> your way around it. Uh, <laughs> but a point that you brought up, Wendy, uh, when you talk about posture, you know, head tall, like, you know, like, geez, I don't know how many, my, how many times my mom just, you know, drive her knuckle right in the middle of my shoulder blades and just, and I just forced you to like peek up a little bit. It's like, all right, I get it. You know, there's no hunching over, right? But to talk about posture a little bit, because you have, you have the biceps, you know, especially the, um, the, the long head that crosses and connects into the, to the scapula up here. And then you have the triceps again, that crosses up, you know, one of the, the heads of the, the uh, triceps that crosses over the, uh, over the shoulder into the scapula as well. Posture, you know, until, you know, within the last decade or so, hasn't really been a big emphasis of, of, um, of personal trainers. But when, but when we talk about, you know, a couple decades, but when we talk about even the biceps, head, shoulder, spine position matters more than anything else when it comes to shoulder health and elbow health. Because if my shoulder blades, like say if I shrug, if, if I have this elevation or if my shoulders are forward, that's going to affect how efficiently I'm using the biceps or the triceps. So if I'm if I'm forward shouldered, right? So I'm rounded here, a lot of times there's gonna be elevation that accompanies with accompanies it all. But then that will put the bicep in, in a basically a pre-shortened position. So when we talk about 
optimal length tension relationship and how efficiently we're going to use the biceps, um, how much strength and force we're going to be able to produce and therefore get that, that muscular development um, stimulus there. You know, bad posture is, is a part of everything. So when you brought up, okay, tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, whatever's going on at the elbow is a reflection of, which can be a reflection of what's also going on posturally. And one of my mentors, uh, you know, Tom House, I heard him say years ago, and it's something that's, you know, stuck in my head, um, you know, since then is like, if you've got shoulder, elbow, wrist problem, you don't have a shoulder, elbow, wrist problem, you've got a body problem. So a lot, yeah, you've got, you've got, you've got issues, right? Because everything's just, you know, a cascade of events when it, I mean, for me to reach forward and type on my keyboard, it's going to, you know, how I do that all day, uh, how efficiently I'm going to, you know, I can move. Well, if I get stuck in this forward shoulder rounded elevated position, then that's going to limit or kind of detour how my elbows and wrists are gonna move. So looking at, you know, good solid core work. So good shoulder girdle stability. Um, as far as warming up your shoulder cuff, a lot of people don't think about warming up their shoulders to help their biceps and triceps move better during the workout. And that, and that winds up being a bigger part of the conversation when I talk to people about, hey, I want better arms. Well, let's get a better body first. As far as how we function, and then the biceps and the triceps, you know, can follow that. Because if, if I, you know, uh, if I, the second I put a dumbbell in your hand and you stand like this with your shoulders forward, head forward, as you mentioned, I'm going to be a bigger, stronger version of that. So my biceps might look better, but does it matter how good your biceps and your triceps look if you have shoulder and elbow pain? So that's, that's something that we need to understand about, um, you know, you, you know, we are talking about, you know, aesthetically, pr primarily talking about aesthetically more pleasing biceps and triceps, but your, your road to getting there is going to be a, a tough road to go down if your shoulders don't work well. And if you haven't worked on posture um, to complement those, those, those goals. So and a little bit of a tangent, but yeah, but when we talk about kinetic chain checkpoints, ears, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles, you know, that, that doesn't go away, even though we're talking about our, 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 our buys and tries. The buys and tries. So, yeah. you know, one of my favorites, and I hear this very often, is I want to work on my peak of the biceps. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so when you say the peak, what exactly do you mean? I, I just ask that because I, I just find it amusing when people tell me, you know, the big ball that's right in the middle, I, I want a big one. And I want you to really try to enhance muscle, you know, muscle growth in my bicep. Um, again, it's interesting to, to listen to people's percept, you know, their perspective on things. And they give me an example of someone that they want to look like when I say, well, tell me someone that you feel has great arms. And that way it gives me something to visualize. So I understand what you're talking about. And, you know, unfortunately, one of the things that I, you know, I, I, I think we need to discuss would be how do you build that peak? And unfortunately, I have to say that it really, it's, you had to thank your mom and dad for that. You know, genetics play yeah. a really big role in the peak of your bicep muscle. And think about this. I mean, if you have smaller arms 
and you're working your arms every day and you have a shorter muscle belly itself and you get growth in that muscle belly, it's going to look like a bigger ball because it is a shorter muscle. Does that make sense? And so if you have long arms and you have a longer muscle belly, you're really going to have to work at trying to get the peak, if you will, in comparison to someone that has smaller arms or, you know, a shorter arms, if you will. Because again, think about the attachment from end to end. If it's a smaller muscle belly, you're going to be able to see definition. Also, I, I hear, well, I want to see the veins and like, and I have a vein on one arm and not on another. And I don't know how that happened. But again, apparently that's more of genetics. It's, it plays a part in your diet, how lean you are and how you're made up. And so you can work on your peak all day long. But if you have a longer muscle belly, it's going to be a lot. You're going to have to work on it a lot more than someone that doesn't. And so I wanted just to, to throw that out there, too, that diet is going to be really important in order to lean out. And again, you can't spot reduce. And so just because you want to have lean arms, it's going to work its way through your entire body. So people that want six pack abs or that want their glutes to be nice and firm and they want to get rid of like saddlebags or they want to get rid of the flappy muscle in the tricep. A lot of that is very specific to your diet as well as your workout program. So I think those are just a couple key points I wanted to mention. And I'm sure you hear that all the time as well, Ken, when somebody comes and says they want to work mm -hmm. their mind. Yeah. And, uh, and again, when it, when it comes to changing how you look, you, you can't get away from looking at nutrition and your diet and how you, you know, prep for a workout and how you recover from a workout when it comes to, you know, what kind of nutrition you're providing those muscles to give them the best opportunity to grow if we're talking about hypertrophy. And, and you know, to touch on that a little bit, that's one of those things, too, in talking with, you know, typically people that don't want to, they're afraid of bulking up. Um, they, you know, they're, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll hear that a lot from, you know, female clients, too, right? But, you know, or anybody that's averse to resistance training and they're afraid of, you know, they point at the biggest guy in the gym and say, I, you know, I want, I want the biceps and the triceps. I want to see the vein and I want to, I want to see that little, you know, little, little, you know, little curvature to my upper arm, but I don't want to look like that guy. And that's when you say, you know, don't worry. The second we get that close, we'll, we'll stop. But, it's, <laughs> uh, but to, to talk about the, you know, you know, watching your nutrition, you know, watching your calorie intake and, and again, giving the muscle the stimulus it needs to 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 see the change you want, which is muscular development. You're going to need to put on some, you know, some poundage on those those the bars, the the uh, dumbbells or whatever you're doing. We need to to give it that stimulus for growth. But the other part of that is that you're also spending calories. So you say you, you can't spot reduce, but you can spend overall more calories in the day and resistance training is going to do that for you so you know uh makes me just want to bust out a couple dumbbells right now as we're talking i'll wait till you're done i'll wait till you're done talking then i'll put it down what else do I do? Um, I'm telling you, yeah, get the pump, if you will, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, thank goodness it's wintertime because I have a good excuse for being covered up and not having a t-shirt on, you know, when it when it gets to, you know, the 80s, like, oh, Wendy, I'm just gonna, let me just take this off and get a couple curls and then, and then we'll start recording. 
Right. Uh, we'll make sure that you get your, your sleeveless shirt on and, and you can uh, show us how it's done. But yeah. I think that brings us to another good point is what are some primary exercises that people can do at the gym? Because mm-hmm. I hear people say all the time, you know, I go into the gym, I grab my weights and I do dumbbell bicep curls. And I'm like, okay. And they do them the same way every, mm-hmm. each and every time. They mm-hmm. don't change it up because again, we talk about shoulder, you know, supination, flexion, extension or flexion, and then shoulder flexion. So elbow flexion, shoulder flexion. I did that Wendy every day. And uh, you know, every time I go to the gym, it's the same exercise and, and I don't see I see some change, but I'm not really mm-hmm. seeing a lot of change. And I think it's important to realize, and it's the same throughout every exercise and every muscle group that you're training, it's important to change it up. Because again, yeah. resistance from a cable is going to be different than a dumbbell. The way that you're positioning your hands is going to be different. The way that your body, again, alignment issues, because if you're doing a preacher curl with your arms are in flexion already or shoulder flexion, and then you're, you're limiting range of motion, that's going to be different. That's not going to dial in the peak. I want to say that again, that isn't not going to dial in the peak necessarily, but it's just different. And I think your body needs the different stimulation in order to, you know, really start working on the muscle and challenging it in different ways. And Mm -hmm. so some of my favorite, again, are going to be the standing bicep curls, full, again, hands up, elbows bent, shoulders slightly up, doing dumbbell curls. And again, when I say shoulder flexion, I'm not talking about like, you know, elbows to ears. It's just just slight flexion and then fully go down into like my full available range of motion. And, you know, you can start with your hands back, then go into supination, flexion, shoulder flexion. That's going to work the entire bicep complex to its full potential. And then I go into to relaxing that. I do the same thing with cables. I use different handles. I play around with that when I'm talking about biceps. And then on triceps, I love to do the tricep extension standing on a cable. That's one of my favorite. But if one thing that I wanted to say is if you think about what the triceps do, and this I see this all the time in the gym, and I'm sure you do as well. somebody's going to work their triceps and they get into a staggered stance. They take the the rope with the two balls on the end. You know what I'm talking about? So it's kind of the triangle rope with the balls. They bend over at the hips and then they keep their elbows tucked into their side and they just extend the elbow. And while it is working the triceps, you're not really working it to its full potential if you think about what the triceps do. So because they pronate, which again, your hands turn the other direction, they straighten your elbow and they slightly bring your, your shoulder back, you're going to get more out of that exercise is if you stand up in the five kinetic chain checkpoints, as you mentioned, feet are straight, you've got really good alignment, shoulders are back, chin's back. You separate those, but that, those balls, you pull them out. So again, you're working a little of the the um, posterior shoulder and mm-hmm. then you go into pronation extension of the elbow and shoulder that is so much harder and when i show people how to do it yeah. that way and they slow it down they're like oh my goodness this is way harder than what i'm used to mm-hmm. and i didn't do anything besides fully go into what the triceps do and so right. I think that's kind of a big wake up call. If you've been doing it that way, maybe try it my way. See if you can feel a difference. 
But then some days go in and do triceps laying down on the bench, you know, where you're doing, I call them headbangers. Some people call them skull crushers where you, you know, you're laying down, you keep your chin back and you bend your elbow. Um, Those are particularly my favorites that I do. Um, I don't know. What are, what are yours? Uh, Well, it's been a long time since I've had to, I've thought about, I just want to sweat and then get out and get out of my facility. You don't Uh, work your arms? Come on, dude. I do. I do not. (laughs) But, you know, to to that point, it's like, I will, I'll say, I will use my biceps and my triceps. But a lot of times they're integrated into other exercises. So for those clients that are short on time, let's say, if you're like me, you got two kids, uh, you got, you got podcasts to record and, and, you know, stuff to do behind the computer. Well, if I'm going to get my biceps that might, I might integrate it into com- more of a compound movement, which is something that I'll have more of my busier clients that are short on time. So I might have them do that curl and then throw in a shoulder press on it. Right. Um, so, or even with a tricep, so I'll have them do like, say a straight arm pull down and then maybe superset that with a tricep extension. So, it's like I said, Wendy, it's, you know, it's been a long time since I cared about how my arms looked. I mean, I'm lying when I say, you know, I always care about how my arms look. I must be where, vain because I care about how my arms look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't yeah, I know I'm like, leaving the uh, other way. Like, okay. Hey, can you put both hands around? My, okay. Uh, your fingers are touching. Okay. I got to do more curls. It's been a while since, you know, I was looking for, you know, getting to that 15 inch, you know, uh, you know, bicep, but, um, yeah, I don't but, measure mine. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't I walk just, around with a tape measure, just so you know. Yeah. However, I like to walk around and say, hey, look, look, look what I got right here. Look at that. Check that out. Um, but you know, I'll I'll do you know say standing work because I sit down all day. I'll mm-hmm. you know a lot of my the bicep work I'll do. Um, uh, you know, I'll do standing up either with and you brought up you know a few different modalities. So I don't have a cable machine in my facility, but I have. I have the dumbbells, which I like the dumbbells, right? Because they're they're free moving and that allows me. I don't have to worry about the carrying angle so much because my hands aren't fixed. Um, but I'll also use resistance bands. So when I travel, I'll take resistance bands with me. Yeah. So when do you when we, we do those trips and you know you're down the hallway and I'm in my room, I have my bands out because I don't want to go to the fitness facility. Right. I'll have my bands out and I'm standing on you know the middle of the band and I'm doing doing bicep curls. Uh, in my room or tricep extensions or rows, you know, I'll, I'll strap it under the the, the bed, uh, the foot of the bed, and I'll do some rows. But I'll I'll throw in some, I'll throw in some elbow extension and some some standing kickbacks uh, with the band. So I think with the bands, they go a little underappreciated uh, when it comes to um, what we do. And I, you know, one of the jokes I heard, uh, oh, one, uh, Lenny Lenny Parasino once told us like, why, why why do you think that uh, bodybuilders don't like using resistance bands because they don't make noise when you slam them on the ground. So, <laughs> so you've got a very good point though. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a great point. Right. So I'll, you know, I'll use bands, you know, um, but the, my other favorite one, which integrates a lot of other muscles is using the suspension trainer. So I have, you know, those TRX suspension trainers and I'll, and I'll lean forward and I'll do some tricep extensions there and I'll, I'll, I'll face the, the anchor and I'll do some biceps curl there. But in having to hold my body position in a nice tall posture, that takes a lot of core work. So I'm still able to use my glutes, my, my trunk, you know, keeping my, my body nice and in line as I'm flexing, as I'm facing the anchor point or as I'm extending, as I'm facing away from the anchor point. So 
from that vantage point, um, the suspension trainer uh, I love for for my for my arms just because you you check off a lot of boxes when you when you're when you're in a standing position. So oh, I agree. And yeah. and again, we have we have one at the house, and you know if you don't we don't have a cable machine at home and so we do a lot of like you said the tubing and and the suspension training and i think it's it's fantastic because of how much you have to work your core mm -hmm. but you know more muscles more bang for your buck why not yeah, exactly. <laughs> knock it out a lot quicker um exactly. I, I think it's also important we because we did mention the the carrying angle if you are at a gym and you see the easy curl bar Mm -hmm. that if you notice that your carrying angle is not straight in front of you. And what I mean by that is like, you know, you notice that your hands are slightly out to like maybe even like a 45 degree angle when you come up and that's where you're comfortable. If you grab the easy curl bar, which is the straight bar that kind of makes an M or a W mm -hmm. depending on how it's facing, you can position your hands in that particular position where it's best for your hinge or your angle where it decreases the stress to the joint. I mean, the big thing you want to avoid is when people talk about, you know, unfortunately, we hear people talk often about tendonitis. And so when you're talking about tendonitis, it's basically inflammation or irrit irritation specifically to a tendon. And if it gets stressed out, that can really just wreak havoc on, on everything that you do, because think about how much you use your arms throughout the day. And so you really want to avoid anything that's going to cause, you know, stress to that particular joint. And if you continuously have these types of stresses to particular joints and as well as the tendons, um, because of how you're working the muscle and how you, the tendon has to hold on for dear life to the bone, right. um, that can lead to tendinosis, which unfortunately is the, um, you know, it's the degeneration of that tendons, basically the collagen and response based on chronic overuse in a very in a very not what's the best way of saying this in a way that it wasn't intended to be to be used and so we want to avoid tendinosis we want to avoid tendinitis we really just want people to have fun working the arms the arms are such a fun fun way just because it's usually the client's choice we give them as trainers the exercises that they have to do in order to look better feel better move better they want specific exercises because they want to look better and they don't care about anything else it's your job to make them feel better but they want to do arms. And so if you need to incorporate it, like you said, I think doing multi, um, you know, multi-joint exercises like a squat, you know, squat to row is, is one of my favorites. Obviously we're not talking about biceps and triceps at that point, but again, we're really working on the shoulder position, which could lead to better buys and tries. Uh, but there are a few things I, I, I want to point out before we end this. And I think it's very important when we talked about in the very beginning, one point we wanted to discuss was risk versus benefits. And because I think we've kind of, talk the talk to you guys about the importance of proper posture and positioning especially with the shoulders one exercise i would tell people to be very careful with um would be dips and i know ken you probably feel the same way about that so when a client wants to do dips and you know that they come in with a, a forward head rounded shoulders they sit at a computer all day what do you usually tell them to try to get them away from dips and why would that be important well, I mean, again, you're, you're talking about, you know, a, a lot of reliance on shoulder stability. So for me to have my hands on these two parallel bars and I'm lowering myself and I'm extending myself up, you're putting basically your whole body weight on, you know, 
on the on the on the on how stable your shoulders are. But here's the thing: whether you know stable or not, what happens is that your shoulders will start to migrate for your 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 shoulder joint starts to migrate forward, or your humor starts to migrate forward. Well, in this forward position, you know we can put a lot of stress in the anterior shoulder. So, you know the the structures, the soft tissue structures that cross over the shoulder joint are in a point of well, they're they're being stretched, really, right? They're they're being put in a position where they're where they're weaker. I mean, you are getting those triceps to work, right? You have to because your elbow is extending as you push yourself up. But you have to think about again when you talk about risk versus benefit is using the tricep. You know, is is the benefit of the tricep worth the excess stress that you know? Because a lot of times when you dip down, you're not just you're not your trunk isn't vertical. You are gonna your shoulders are gonna migrate forward. Your trunk is gonna migrate forward as I bang my head into the camera here. Um, <laughs> but as we come down, yeah, you can see you know just the shadow of the lighting. You're gonna see how how much forward my shoulder is, and that's a lot of stress that 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 comes through there. So whether or not someone's strong enough, um, their ability to stabilize you know isn't a reflection of how strong they are. They can be they can they can move a house. But their 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 ability to stabilize may not be that much stronger as the, the guy next to them. So that's what we want to watch out for. And I think it's feeding into a common compensation. Again, if somebody's coming in and they have rounded shoulders, and then all of a sudden that's kind of where they live, and we're we're really trying to focus on doing things to bring their shoulder back, so therefore it's seated mm -hmm. properly within yep. that that um, the the shoulder uh, capsule itself. I mean, if you're already in that position, then now you, like you said, you put your body weight in there, just the anterior stress that you're putting on that shoulder capsule is, is it's definitely not worth it. And you'll often hear people complain that they have shoulder pain and, and well, they're kind of feeding into that and making it worse. Right. Um, another, another uh, risk versus benefit, I think is more of a risk. Uh, and it's mainly just because of positioning would be mm -hmm. when you grab one gigantic uh, mm -hmm. dumbbell and you put, you throw it back and you move your head forward and then you just try to bring your elbows straight. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not working the triceps because it is. However, you can really work your triceps in a safer position by, because you have to move your head forward in order to get that weight behind your head or you'll knock yourself in the head. And so if you want to maintain proper right. alignment and good positioning, what puts your shoulders in the best case scenario which again would be chin back, shoulders back, abs in, and really working on your five kinetic chain checkpoints. So perfect alignment. And then you execute the exercise. You are going to have so much more benefit if you do exercises that keep you in that position and work the full available range of motion versus what you have access to here. Plus it's a ton of stress and strain on that shoulder capsule as well, trying to get your hand back there with this heavy weight and praying you don't drop it. <laughs> right. And then and again, when we talk about all the muscles that cross over the shoulders, right, to get you into that position, unless you have good extensibility through the shoulders and good core control, a lot of times people are going to arch their back. And, and again, to compound that with the fact that you're seated and now with an arched back, that's a lot of excess stress on the low back. So um, a lot of, again, when you mentioned a lot of different variations and, you know, cable, dumbbells, bars, standing, seated. Um, if you take those alignment um, uh, checkpoints into consideration and you do the best you can to keep ears, shoulders, hips, knees and ankles, if you're standing um, in line, you're going to you're going to do your 
yourself a, a better service when it comes to how are you going to challenge the biceps? How are you going to challenge the triceps in the safest, most effective way possible, not just for the elbow, but also the shoulder. Again, like I said, if you've got a shoulder or elbow problem, you've got a body problem. And unless you mm -hmm. take into consideration how the body's working, you're going to keep having problems. So again, we're not here to talk about pain or problems, but we are talking about getting the biceps and the triceps to be the best they can, as healthy as they can. And I think if uh, our listeners walk away with understanding that, then I think we've done our job, wouldn't you say, Wendy? I would. I mean, another key point, just very quickly, just change it up. Do hammer curls, yeah. do do preacher curls if you yeah. decide that's what you wanna do, do cables, do dumbbells, alternate arms, do them together, have fun with your selection, just always make sure yeah. that you're in good alignment. So therefore, you're going to maximize your results and decrease any chances of getting some issues in those little joints that uh, that it takes a long time to get rid of. If you've ever had yeah. elbow pain, it takes a very long time to get rid of. Right. So variety is the spice of life. And uh, yes, the, the I like same that. Thing, same <laughs> thing holds true for the elbows. Uh, <laughs> you know, man, how we how we how we get the biceps and the triceps. So, Wendy, again, always a great time spending, uh, you know, these opportunities we have to record the Random Fit. And thank you so much for sharing your insights and everything that you've you've done with, uh, you know, trying to keep your buys and tries in that one vein going. Just um, the one. I'm working on the other. It's got to be in there. I know it's in there somewhere. I am going to find it one day. <laughs> so, everybody, thank you so much for spending, you know, this this time with us. And and if you like what you listen to and what we've listened to, what we've had to fit, like, follow, subscribe, anything that shows that, you know, you want to get more information, especially on future episodes. So thank you so much for being here. Wendy, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you and be well.